Hotfix. Varmint's Podcast Center, our special series of National Podcast Posting Month shows a frog a day. We are not animal experts, but every episode we're going to do our best to educate ourselves and you, the listener, about all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet one animal at a time. Varmint's Podcast is on all the social things, and you can find a list of them at linktree slash varmints. That's linktree, L-I-N-K-R dot E-E slash Varmint's Podcast. Or use your very favorite search engine and you will find us today. We are talking about an article that I just found on the internets the other day called How Genes Can Leap from Snakes to Frogs in Madagascar. It seems very relevant to what we're talking about this month. So... Very briefly, I'm Donna, and I'm with Kurt, Megan, and Moss, also known as Science Dude. Let's get ready to get our science on. So, is is this like a like a sister? Oh nope, there's a music bed. Sorry. everybody everybody's got the article in front of us yep. somehow i just disappeared it off of my screen Duh. this is an article that i found at quanta magazine it is by veronique greenwood and is written was written on october 27th 19 or what 1922 <laughs> no 2022 <laughs> and basically we're just going to read through it and talk about it together Moss works in a part of science that means that he can explain some of this stuff to us in a little better way if we don't understand it. But let's get started. So here's the here's the genes, summary. The discovery. Genes. <laughs> the discovery of a hotspot for horizontal gene transfer draws attention to the possible roles of parasites and ecology in such changes. And then there's a picture of a snecky and some Madagascar froggies. A gene that originated in snakes has repeatedly jumped the species barrier into frogs around the world. Researchers are trying to understand why it happened in Madagascar far more often than anywhere else. So here we go. Perched on a leaf so in the is, rainforest. Is this like a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, so is this like a uh, sisterhood of the, the traveling pants kind of situation? I couldn't answer that because I never read the book or saw the movie. They're passing jeans back and forth. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> <laughs> you made us stop I for mean, a pun. Horizontal... <laughs> you belong oh, yeah. on this show. <laughs> horizontal gene transfer sounded to me at first like an FEC violation. <laughs> well, here we go. Perched on a leaf in the rainforest, the tiny golden mantella frog harbors a secret. It shares that secret with the forked tongue frog, the reed frog, and a myriad of other frogs in the hills and forests of the island nation of Madagascar, as well as with the boas and other snakes that prey on them. On this island, many of whose animal species occur nowhere else, geneticists recently made a surprising discovery sprinkled through various genomes of the frogs is the gene BOVB that seemingly came from snakes. And we're just going to call that gene BOVB because I don't want to say BOVB every time. BOVB. After poring over genomes from a frog and a snake species around the world, the scientists reported in April in a paper in Molecular Biology and Evolution that this gene has somehow traveled from snakes to frogs at least 50 times all over the planet. That is crazy. But in Madagascar, it has inserted itself into frogs with startling promiscuity. 91% of the frog species sampled there have it. Something seems to make Madagascar an exceptionally conducive place for the gene to get mobile. When Atsushi Kurobashi, an associate professor at Nagahama Institute of Bioscience and Technology and the senior author of the new paper, first saw the snake version of the gene in frogs, he was puzzled. He asked a colleague who specializes in genomics about it, and the colleague immediately shouted, it must be a horizontal transfer, the transfer of a gene from one species to another in contrast to vertical inheritance of genes by a child from a parent. Yeah, that, that is a weird thing. Kurubashi, it is really weird. We should probably maybe stop just I mean, for a second. First, what? I was going to say, it's like, I understand how horizontal gene transfer, for, the, for, for our listeners who don't know, the, the gene is just part of the DNA and actually makes a protein. And they don't usually, at least in humans, they don't, you know, you get them from your parents. You don't get them from your sibling. <laughs> you don't get them from the guy down the street. And so you've got these gene jumping species. I thought that was really, really weird from something. I mean, you can see it happening in bacteria and viruses. Fine. You just don't see it that often in people or in, in, in larger creatures. Well, yeah, isn't I didn't the delivery even know that mechanism viruses and bacteria and stuff? For like eukaryotes, for humans and whatnot, it's usually viruses, typically. Right, right. But horizontal bacteria, gene bacteria don't have a lot of use like, for. It doesn't happen like big species to big species, right? It happens big species to tiny little critter to big species. Is that correct? Yeah, so I always spent this whole it article going, can. "How does this happen? How does this?" Happen? Yeah, that it just seems like it's kind of assumed where it's like, okay, we all know that this that the horizontal gene transfers could happen, but but why is it happening so often in Madagascar? And I'm just like, Did, w- no, back. Yeah, that's what I beginning. thought. Maybe we better just pause for a moment to say, okay, uh, what this is going? What 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 happens? <laughs> so is that right? And it goes. These genes hop from 
usually from a transfer species, a bacteria or a virus or something. Moss, you were saying humans get it from viruses? For for humans and, and a lot of other uh, eukaryotes, so, so non-bacterial, genes can be transferred via viruses. Viruses scavenge and scrounge all sorts of different genes from us, turn around and use a bunch of them, and then that's how you can have genetic transfer of different genes from at least people to people through viruses. And there's also limited numbers of, I think, examples of from interspecies jumping, right? But something like but in, percent of our genome is in mammals, of- or sorry, in eukaryotes, it doesn't generally happen by a bacteria. Bacteria don't have any real use for our genes. We 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 have incorporated or several several other uh, species have incorporated various uh, bacterial genomic material, but they don't like ours. So it's it's more of a one way transfer typically. Oh, okay, I see. I was going to say that. I mean, this is not. This is something that's been going on forever. It's not like not. It's not like a new thing. I mean, a certain percentage. It's of not our a brand. It's not DNA a brand new thing. Leftovers. Right, but I didn't know until just really recently that it wasn't all necessarily vertical from your ancestors. That some of it can just wander in from viruses. <laughs> well, one of the things. Anyway, so apparently, one of the I, got I was one. thinking about. I got another oh, one. Yeah. Second-hand jeans. Hand-me-down oh. jeans. <laughs> but um, this is but the aren't, they all, aren't they all, though? It's not gone chiral. Really? <laughs> I was going to say that the uh, one of the things that it seems to be the case, I'm getting ahead of ourselves and you're ahead of us in the article here, because I was I thought, got to thinking about it. It's like, we probably get new genes from viruses and stuff on the regular. It's just that we don't do the vertical transfer in them because it's they don't get into our gametes, which is our reproductive cells, so they don't get past them. I hear silence. Well, at any rate, <laughs> at any rate, the um, horizontal gene transfer stuff seems to happen a lot in Madagascar, from snakes to frogs. So, in the new paper. They show that the horizontal of gene, transfer of genes may be more likely in some places than in others, and it complicates the story. It suggests that when you're seeking explanations for horizontal transfers, the research may, researchers may need to look beyond the simple genetic mechanisms of the ecological context in which the species live, so like where they live. They're still trying to understand how common or rare these kinds of transfers are in complex organisms, but some places like Madagascar may be a hotspot for them. So that's what they're trying to study to figure out what's going on. They suspect that the version of the Bovby gene was found in boas and other snakes in Madagascar that may be particularly adept at making horizontal transfers. And the painted reef, reed frog and the golden mantella frog are two of the many species that have acquired the Bovby gene. So here's the article that says, when genes wander, and uh, I'm going to let Moss take over from here so we can do some explanation uh, required at whatever point it needs to be done. So why don't you start from when genes wander, Moss? Yeah, so horizontal transfer 
yeah, horizontal transfer is commonplace in bacteria, uh, single-celled organisms that populate nearly every cranny on the planet pick up genes from their environment as easily as a lint brush picks up cat hair. As testament by my cats. That's one reason why bacteria <laughs> resistance to antibiotics is so widespread. And that's one thing that we deal with in the medical industry all the time is bacterial resistance to antibiotics. Moving on, protective genes are passed around easily, and natural selection ensures that the resistant bacteria outcompete their neighbors and pass those genes on to the next generation. So they swap genes very readily, and so readily that some scientists have proposed that the bacteria form a web of related life rather than a branching family tree. And we use this in, in pharmaceutical engineering and manufacturing all the time. We knock out genes out of either E. coli or Chinese hamster ovary cells or other or yeast cells can also do this in order to produce large quantities of specific proteins that we can then purify and turn into drug substances and drug products for use in uh, the pharmaceutical medical industry. Oh, where are we? However, the cells of eukaryotic organisms like humans, frogs, and snakes are different than bacteria. Their cell nucleus usually seems more like a fortress for protecting the genome. The DNA is carefully coiled up and stored in that citadel's library with enzymes calling forth only the genes they need to examine at any given time. The cell is loaded with fail-safes to prevent damage to its DNA and to repair wear and tear. If the genome is like a priceless illuminated manuscript, its librarians carry swords. Nice. Nevertheless. Right. And, and we were talking about that earlier with the, our immune system. Those are some pretty hefty swords we got going on in there. Right. Yep. Nevertheless, nevertheless, examples of horizontal gene transfers involving eukaryotes like mammals, humans, frogs, fish, all sorts of uh, non-bacterial and uh, creatures keep trickling into the scientific literature. Herrings and smelts, unrelated fish that swim in the icy waters of the Arctic, Northern Pacific, and Northern Atlantic Oceans have precisely the same gene for a protein that keeps their blood from freezing. It lightly jumped from herrings into smelts. Lori Graham, a molecular biologist at Queen's University in Canada, and her colleagues reported it last year. Their findings were so counterintuitive that Graham actually had difficulty getting the work published. Similarly, the evolutionary <laughs> biologist. Isn't that weird? I mean, you come up with a really good theory, you can prove it. It's a working theory. And kind of like with the existence of bacteria and germs back in uh, you know the 1800s when they were trying to prove that bacteria was causing people to die. A lot of doctors didn't like that noise. Da da! It's the it's the four humors. The humors are out of balance, Moss. Come on! It's the humans. It's yes. the humors, man. Just the humor. about this one. <laughs> yep. But we uh, the thing we're about. I mean, scientists. Science is supposed to be about this where we're you know it's like hey, hypothesis, and I actually have good evidence, so we need to look at it. But for some reason, it's it's like everything that the people who are currently occupy the the top tier. The accepted theory don't want to challenge their own ideas 
which is annoying. Exactly. And they stand to benefit and gain from being, you know, the, the top tier minds in their particular field. I think it was said of particle physics that science progresses one funeral at a time. Oh, you yeah. have to wait for the old scientists <laughs> to die off. Well, the article goes on to say, similarly, the evolutionary biologist Etienne G.J. Danshin and his colleagues at the National Research Institute for Agricultural Food and Environment in France are studying a suite of enzymes that nematode worms got from bacteria. And over a hundred gene families appear to have leapt from microbes to plants long ago, wrote Jingling Huang of Eastern Carolina, Carolina University and colleagues in a paper published just this year. Wow, that is awesome. Okay, Kurt, why don't you take over and read some more of the article? Start from okay. there are beautifully clear so, reasons. There are, we're saving Megan for last because they are the best. There are beautifully no, clear I'm reasons not even, why That's not even follows. a joke, that's for sure. <laughs> why evolution smiled on some of these transfers. For example, the fish with the gene don't freeze, which is very useful if you're living in waters that get The nematodes, digestive enzymes, enable them to wring more energy from the cells of the plants that they eat. Because of the cluster of enzymes picked up from bacteria, the hot springs dwelling red algae studied by the environmental biologist uh, Dabashish. Why do I have to get this name? Betacharya and his student. Julia Van Etten at Rutgers University can survive contact with substances that would otherwise kill them. Basically, it's basic evolutionary stuff. If you get a gene in your body that produces some kind of protein, enables you to survive in a situation where you otherwise would not be able to survive, you are very likely to pass that gene off. Not all of these wandering, wandering genes, however, are necessarily convey an advantage. Bob B is a well-known Trans, uh, transposon. Transposon. A scrap of genetic material prone to jumping randomly around in the genome. A lot of genes actually do this. They they, they, they move. It's not like it's a not like it's a book that you always read in the same direction. In a genes way, it's on the move. From... Modern genes yep. of tomorrow. On the go. Yes. <laughs> well, the genes of tomorrow are the genes of today. I mean, the gene's only goal, in sense, the sense that it has one, is to stick around. And so a gene that can basically fit in anywhere is a gene that is going to stick around in the genome for now. So, you know, it's it's, it's advantage to do this. Um, if it can do that without causing any harm to the host, it's even better. That's, that seems to be how Bob reacts. Basically, it just bounces around and doesn't do much. But it's a grifter. Okay, in a way, it's jumps from snakes into frogs in Madagascar, however they occurred, are just biz bizarrely bigger leaps than usual. Okay, so they go, somehow the gene, this was the thing that I couldn't, <laughs> the article was bad at telling me, they get from, this gene gets from the snake to the frog. And since, you know, you're like, how the heck did that happen? Moreover, although transposons can have profound effects on genomes, 
obvi isn't a gene with a function in this traditional sense, just a bit of DNA that makes copies of itself. Uh, Kirbyashi notes that although the possibility that Bob V benefited frogs can't be ruled out, it's more likely that Bob V persists through its own aggressive self-duplication. That's what I was talking about earlier. This may help explain why it is that when eukaryotes, eukaryotes, excuse me, wind up in other organism genetic material, transposons like Bob V are often involved. I should clarify what eukaryotes are for people who last took a high school. Um, biology class 500 years ago. Um, those are cells that have nuclei, as opposed to cells that don't. So humans are eukaryotes, eukaryotes, which I can never pronounce. As strange as it might seem, eukaryotes for eukaryotes to pick up on genes from bacteria, stranger still is the fact that examples of horizontal genes gene transfer in the other direction are vastly rare. This is what Moss was talking about earlier. For some reason, bacteria don't want our genes. Uh, eukaryotic genes have structural features that make them less perfect material for bacteria, but there may be other contributing factors that well, we don't know about. I mean, I think you can basically attach that last sentence to anything in science. There are other things we're not aware of. Maybe eukaryotes don't have the same genes as the bacteria are interested in, said Patrick Keeling, a biologist at the University of British Columbia, who studies horizontal transfers. And, wow. yeah, so it's like there is no particular, it's, it's very strange that they do that. It is. Megan, why it's don't like you take us through into the, the next section, going viral? Oh, sorry. Finish your statement. I did. I thought you were done and you weren't. Go ahead. Oh, this is me rambling. Um, I thought oh, eukaryotes, okay. it's like well, basically for what I was saying. So. <laughs> yes, what are you doing? I am off on a, I'm off on a tangent. And we're not even doing trigonometry. Yeah, I was going to say that the genes that make up or the genetic patterns, the series, the sequence of genes that make up eukaryotes are really specialized to that particular entity. And so it might not be very useful for the bacteria to pick them up because a bacteria that picks up a set of genes that helps it make a spleen, it has no use for that. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Bacteria don't have spleens. So over to Megan. That's true. They, don't, they do not have organs of any kind. They have organelles. Megan. Start from going viral. So unlike bacteria, viruses have a real knack for picking up genes from their eukaryotic... Yeah, sure. Hosts. Viruses, particularly the ones called retroviruses, have the tools for getting into a host cell and nuclei, and they are masters of inserting genetic material into host genomes. That sounds kind of gross when you say it that way. Up to 8% of the human genome is made up of the leftovers of retroviruses. Fragments of long-ago infections in our species history. Yeah, that makes sense. That that sharing. humans are just made up of junk leftovers. Sharing well, is caring, everything's man. made up of junk leftovers, but, but yeah, it does particularly seem apt to us. <laughs> Sometimes do we the transfer goes the other way, too. Go ahead. Oh, okay. He's just being in silly. a paper Go published ahead. in 
In a paper published in Nature Microbiology last December, Keeling, his collaborator Nicholas Irwin of the University of Oxford and their colleagues, performed the first comprehensive analysis of horizontal gene transfers between 201 eukaryotes eukaryotes, and 100 and eukaryotes, yeah, that, uh, and 108,842 viruses. It's a lot of numbers. They found yeah. evidence for more than 6,700 gene transfers, with host-to-virus transfers about twice as common as virus-to-host transfers. So they oh, concluded wow. that horizontal gene transfers had been major drivers of evolution on both sides. So, you know, give some give and take there. Viruses often use the eukaryotic genes they acquire to become more effective at infecting their hosts, well, eukaryotes sometimes used elements of the viral gene to create novel features or to regulate their metabolisms in new and exciting ways. I think that <laughs> new I, ways I to regulate want, their metabolism. I want a varmints extra at some point, which just consists of everybody trying to pronounce eukaryotic and <laughs> eukaryotes. <laughs> eukaryotic. You can rush like a different you, there. You, you, you. you you carry eukaryotes? What? Yes, never mind. You know, eukaryotic. I'm not carrying it anymore, eukaryotic. Look, you may carry yacht, I don't. Very small instrument, like a like a very small guitar. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. Go ahead, Megan. Oh, I'm still going? Okay. Findings like these have persuaded some biologists that at, least... <laughs> that at least some... Wait, horizontal G yeah, gene transfers may be facilitated by viruses. If viruses can pick up genes from their hosts, and if they can leave behind pieces of their genomes, it seems possible that they could also sometimes ferry over genes from the last host they infected, or even one from generations ago and give them to a new host. So like a, like a, te like a telephone game, seems like. I yeah, would think more like a white elephant party. Help. You know, when you have a, well, a pirate swap <laughs> you, in a, a, a pirate swap gift thing. Like, okay, everyone, get your, out your genetic things and put them on the floor. We'll shuffle them up and everyone will get one. Yeah. You're like, you want this hunk of old genome? <laughs> hey, buddy, you want to buy a protein? <laughs> you want to buy a gene? <laughs> The involvement of viruses could also help to solve another puzzle about horizontal transfer to eukaryotes. So the transfer to occur, traveling genes, it's right there, traveling genes. There's just, it's sisterhood of the traveling pants. The joke writes itself. <laughs> For the transfers to occur, the traveling genes need to clear an entire series of hurdles. First, they must get from the donor species to the new host species. Then they must get into the nucleus. I feel like I should be like, dun, dun. Da, 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 da. Someone, <laughs> someone, do that behind me while I while I keep da, doing da, this. Da, 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 then they must get into the nucleus and ensconce themselves in the host genome. But getting into the genome of just any cell won't do. In multicellular creatures like frogs and herrings, a gene won't be passed down to the animal's offspring unless it can sneak into a germline cell, a sperm or an egg. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to sneak into a germline cell. <laughs> a sperm or an egg? Right. Hey, okay. 
I'll, I'll take over. This I'm is Gene Transfer with self destruct. I'll take over from here. Viruses that uh, might make that series of events more likely. Huh. Why is that, Moss? Why do viruses make that series of events of sneaking into the germline cells more likely? Well, depending on the species. Well, first, viruses are masters of that in the first place. Infecting other organisms is kind of their thing. So they pick up tools along the way to make that easier, to make it more efficient, and they therefore can, you know, successful virus strains become mega virulent, right? Because they've got all the right tools in order to infect whatever host animal species that they're that they're targeting in order to infect. So as you as you infect other host species, you're gonna pick up various pieces from those species. And also, as we're, we're, we're le- also finding out, they leave stuff behind as well. Aha. Okay. So the article says... It's just that says, they're engineered that way. They've got, this, they've got the special toolkit. Oh, I they see. They go out the house, but they leave a receipt. It's like the thief. Ah, there you go. Work <laughs> uh, the article says, in small organisms like the nematode... The, re- the reproductive tract and its germ cells are not far from the intestinal tract where viruses ingested on food can settle. And because frogs release their eggs and sperm into the open water, those cells are potentially vulnerable to viruses in the environment that could slip in genes. Even with larger creatures, it might be easier than you think. At this point, it's still a speculative idea, but the reproductive tract is full of microbes and viruses, Dunsheen said. We know some viruses infect specifically the reproductive tract. Keeling suggests that to understand the mystery of horizontal gene transfer, perhaps we should think of them as ecological consequences of an organism's behaviors, its neighbors, and its environment. If a horizontally transferred gene confers any survival benefit, it's likely to be highly contingent on the specific scenario in which the recipient of the gene finds itself. An ICC, so a hot spring, an advertising host plant, <laughs> host plant with tough, tough defenses. They're so tied to the ecology where the thing is, but it changes, he speculated. With the wrong shift in the environment, the transferred gene is no longer advantageous and it's lost. Well, that seems pretty self-explanatory. I'm going to let Moscow from this section called Ecological Clues. Horizontal gene transfers in eukaryotes may be happening all the time. In the pond in your backyard, in the soil beneath your feet, in the animals, insects, and plants that make up the ecosystem. I think there's a way more trans... There... Pardon me. I think there is way more transfer than we know, Batakaria said. We just don't see them because they're swept out. To check how common it is for frogs to have snake bog bee gene, Kurabayashi's team reached out to their colleagues for samples of frogs from around the world for DNA sequencing. They found out of 149 species, 50 came back with bog bee. The 32 Malagasy frogs that they tested made up less than a quarter of all the total species sampled, but 29 of of that 50, 29 of them carried the snake gene, a clear majority of all the transfers found around the world. 
Moreover, wow. at least two of the frog lineages didn't acquire Bobby until after their ancestors migrated from Africa to Madagascar. The I most mean, interesting Madagascar thing about the island. paper, Graham get, said. Let me get all of those island issues when you're on Madagascar. You know, isolated populations, that kind of thing. That's why everything's sure. so dedicated predators. Uh, yeah. Specific environment is a small. It's a small. I mean, relatively small island. It's a small world after all. Compared to like, I, I, I just like Africa. the uh, like almost paranoid sounding thing in the beginning there. Horizontal gene transfers may be happening all the time in your backyard, beneath your feet, in your very own home, <laughs> in your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your eukaryotic gene transfers are? What's the state of your genes? Do you know? <laughs> anyway, continue. Moving on. The, paper. the most interesting. Yeah. yeah. The most interesting thing about the paper, Graham said, is it's showing the rate of transfer is not uniform. It varies widely among geographical regions. If more studies set out with the goal of looking at gene transfer around the globe, seeing whether transfers have happened at different rates in different places what we may find what we find may surprise us perhaps geography matters more than we might expect is there something about the environment of madagascar that makes it a hot spot for gene transfers no one knows yet kurabayashi <laughs> says that he and his group suspect most strongly that the snake bobby in madagascar differs from versions elsewhere in the world in being just a little bit better at getting itself into the new host so as they mentioned earlier, not only is it super aggressive replicant transposon, but maybe even just a smidge better than all the other Bob Bs out there. Awesome. The bestest of the Bob Bs. Like the Superman of the Bob Bs. He has a big B and it, on his uniform. And it came from okay, Madagascar. Bob B. I keep thinking Bob Dia. I'm going to renovate this old house. I'm going to renovate your genome. <laughs> <laughs> this old and I'm going to take my covers off and I'm going to put in some new ones time for an upgrade <laughs> will it be ecologically advantageous who knows <laughs> tune in later to find out <laughs> later in the show sure if we make enough one of them is going to be right <laughs> But the abundance anyway. of parasites, it goes on to say, <laughs> on the island might also be a contributing factor. Mmm, parasites. For example, in Madagascar, there are lots of leeches, said Miguel <laughs> Vinces, a herpetologist at the Braunschweig University of Technology in Germany and an author of the new paper. If you're in the rainforest, you will notice them. The blood-sucking creatures feed on many types of animals, including frogs and snakes, and they are not above sampling humans. Ben says and his you can't miss colleagues speculate <laughs> that leeches may bring blood contaminating. Oh, pardon me. Ben says and his colleagues speculate that leeches may bring blood containing the snake's jumping gene into the frogs, or perhaps the jumping gene is already in the leech's own genome from previous contacts with snakes. Then maybe an unidentified virus does the rest. They don't know yet, but it's a really cool yes. piece of research that they're working to sort out and figure out. Tracking this yeah. must be insane. Yep. Hey, for sure. if you're, talk, not talk, you're not just talking about 
a gene. You're talking about a gene with essentially isotope, you know, different variations on the gene. Yep. That's got to be a really specific right, well, marker Kurt, why don't you to follow read around. The... Kurt, why don't you read the very last else. piece of the article starting from, unfortunately. Starting from, okay. Curtis is going to start with the word, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, it's easy to, it isn't easy to prove or disprove scenarios describing how horizontal trans transfers might have occurred. Without selection to preserve DNA sequences, they tend to mutate and get scrambled over long stretches of time, erasing the molecular evidence of the transfer. This is kind of what I was saying earlier. It's like, let's just say you get a new gene that doesn't do anything, it just sits around being in your bicep for the rest of your life and does not get passed on to your children. It's not going to stick around. Um, you have to go in a very specific place to do a very specific thing. And if the virus is involved in the transfer, it may leave very little evidence in the first place. Researchers might therefore also need to catch a genetic jump in the act to know how it is happening. Yeah, that's going to be fun. <laughs> how would you do that? Do you have just gene police going, Stop! I see her in the act of gene the transfer. Gene police, keep them out of We need head. to know if this is the going to be thing. useful. <laughs> Gotta go on a stakeout. No, what they do is they, they put a big box up, like a, a big wooden box, and then it, it, they put they put some, some genes under it, and then they prop it up with a stick. And then there's a rope, and then they pull it. <laughs> I went to college. I know things. What happened is they have they're using unmarked. They're, 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 they've issued some. They've issued some marked beans out there. You know, like marked bills. <laughs> and when they get stolen, you can trace them when they. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they're studying. Okay, what are we doing here? <laughs> back to the back of the article. Bahatacharya. I think it's Bhattacharya. Bhattacharya is in the early stages yeah. of a project aiming to catch these things in the act. In the hot springs at Lemonade Creek in Yellowstone National Park, he and his colleagues are looking for signs of transfers that may still be in the process of taking hold. They're studying the DNA of red algae that have picked up genes from bacteria that also live in the hot springs. Genes that bear only small differences from the original. We're not talking about millions of years ago. We're talking about DNA that is highly similar. It coexists in two different domains of life in the same environment. If the scientists find that the algae in nearby springs lack those transfer genes, then they may be witnessing the beginning of a ripple of genetic change moving upward through the algae. From one neighboring spring to the next, each new hot pool may be an island on the brink of transformation. Transformation. That was a really cool article. Anyway, I just thought that would be super cool to talk about considering we're talking about frogs and this is like a big deal apparently happening to the frogs. Well, frogs all over the world, but especially in Madagascar. And that is crazy. Totally crazy. I was thinking. I wonder how often gene trans. Well, I wonder how often gene transfer genes end up being useful like in the herrings in the smelt you know and how often they just sort of well, like you know, why are you here i don't know man because i like to travel <laughs> if they're bad for the species they tend to get wiped out pretty quickly you know, 
if they're yeah. the kind of thing that stop you from being able to reproduce. But if they don't do anything but, but hang out, which a lot of genes apparently do, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, our 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 genome is full of junk DNA and genes that don't do anything, as far as we know, and as are most animals. Yeah, I remember reading something about how it's like take it up what space. there's a big bunch of DNA in our genome that scientists used to think wasn't for anything, and now they're like, no, actually, no, it's really for stuff. This it really is. <laughs> oh yeah, but, we f- we figure out more and more every every year, right? Yeah, so there might be well, you know, like, sections of DNA that are that we think are junk that that aren't, and then we find out later, oh, these these aren't. But there might still be sections of it that are just hanging out for and don't really do anything. Sure. So. Like the gene so that tells your body to make an appendix. To make enough what? Like it's transferred down. To make an appendix. Oh yeah, right. The genetic. The genetic codes that, that, that tell your body to make an appendix, it's not yeah. something we use anymore other than as a tool to explore the hospital surgery ward. Yes. <laughs> or, or, or little toe. Or little meat. <laughs> but there are, there are other other things out there in the world. It's like, you think that, it's like in, in, in 23andMe, that's how many gene foods or gene tubes or chromosome forms. And you look at things like avocado, which has a stupidly high number of chromosomes. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are what all those does? chromosomes doing in an avocado? Avocado. Oh, avocado. What are they yeah. doing down there yeah. in that avocado? I don't, I don't like plants, it. Can, all those chromosomes can so can't many. see what they're up to. Ferns have a ton of them, too. It's crazy. Like, do you really need that many genes to, to, to make a fern? Apparently so. You just do. It's possible that what, they, what they've done is they found a way to efficiently store genes that they're not currently using. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I am not a geneticist. It's like um, nothing. It's like it's like that Marie Kondo thing where you know should we get rid of these genes? I don't know. Do these genes still spark joy? Do I these genes spark joy for our whole our whole genome? Well, that was a very long bit on our frog a day, and we hope you guys are enjoying it. We certainly are, but we thought that that would be an interesting article for you guys to listen to. We will link it in the show notes so that you can go and read it for yourself and some of the other related articles about how DNA jumps from thing to thing quite often, and it's all pretty interesting stuff. So, do-do-do-do! This show was produced by me, Donna Hume, on land belonging historically to the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho Native American tribes with intro music by Track Tribe. Our logo was created by Imran Javid. If you enjoyed the show, why not give us a couple of bucks at buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. 90% of our proceeds go to the Wild Animal Sanctuary in Keensburg, Colorado, which if you haven't visited it, guys, you should really go. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. And ready? Be nice to animals. Be nice to animals. Nice, kind, whatever. Kind, nice, pleasant, generous. Hey, do- hey, hey Donna. Yeah. I'm running it down. Donna, real quick. Do the- yeah. What's.
What's a frog? Oh, uh, it's... What's a frog? It's a small animal that is cute and goes ribbit, 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 ribbit. And you will like it. I'll show you pictures. It's a mouth with feet. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.